The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. <laughs> you are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Holiday edition. Holla. All right, well, welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy Eye Candy Kimsey. Oh, the peppermint stick. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I like it. Cherry the Annihilator Lewis. Hello. Do you like that one, Cherry? I'm whatever. Cherry fine. Depends on the day. Cherry fine. <laughs> probably not that Behind one. the glass, <laughs> Rocket Man Andy Bishop. <laughs> Hitting his hookah. That's the hookah rocket. Yes, and I got my wife here for this Christmas holiday edition, Holly. Hello. And, holla. And, and holla. How come she doesn't get the holla? She can. Represent. Yeah, and then from Costa Mesa, California. Ralph is in California right now, and we are doing this through a Zoom meeting. All new, Andy, you know, wigged out and made it happen. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm kind of a spaz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Ralph, all the way from California. Hello? Did Ralph. we lose him? I said represent. Oh. oh. Well. That was a while ago, dude. It's like a West Coast thing, I guess. So this is our Christmas edition, our very first Borough Bereans Christmas edition. And I put out a little note. I asked all the guys, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to study like the pagan side of this? Or do you want to do the the biblical story? Or do you want to hear about the Zodiac and how Christ was born and how you can read in the stars? And let's do a vote. And everybody sent something different. And so we're going to do all three oh, in one hour. I absolutely <laughs> yeah, agree. Right. That is the best approach. Let's get it all in. <laughs> let's get it all in. And then we won't have to do it for the next five years. <laughs> but... But the war on Christmas is every year, Rick. Yeah, yeah. I can't take a year off. I know. I, I have so many people that tell me, you know it's a pagan holiday, right? You've heard this, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. I've probably said it. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did some research and I discovered in the year 327 that Aurelius stole it from the Christians and created Saturnalia. So it was not originally a pagan holiday. It was actually a Christian holiday. I had no idea it went back that far. Like, really? 327 AD. Wow. Yeah, that's when they instituted Saturnalia. And that's whenever, if you think about it, that's, who was it? Constantine, when he turned the, the Roman churches and then combined them with the Christian churches and then became the Holy Roman Catholic Church. That's when all this was happening. This was back in the 300s. And so prior to this, the Christians were always trying to figure out when was Jesus actually born. So the December 25th day was the day that they had determined that the Magi had come to visit Christ and brought him the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so he would have been probably around 18 months old. And if you read the scriptures, it actually works because they didn't, we always see the nativity scene. It's like you got all the animals and Jesus is in the manger and there's Mary and Joseph and there's shepherds. And then there's also the Magi. Well, the Magi weren't there at that time. The shepherds were, but the Magi weren't. They came much later. So I thought that was pretty cool. I had always heard that it was pagan, and trust me, <laughs> I have really, you know, I've never tried to defend it. I didn't care 
one way or the other. Cause well, didn't it start off as a farmer's festival to mark the end of the autumn planting? Yeah, I believe that's true regardless of, of Saturn. Yeah. And then, then that's how the Saturn uh, Nalia came about. I have no clue. And then, and then during the reign of Emperor Augustus, it was a two-day affair that started in December, in the middle of December. And uh, then it turned became a seven-day event and then changes to the Roman calendar. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. That, so they finally changed it to the 25th, just about the time of the winter solstice. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've read some of that, but I'm not sure. Like chicken or the egg, I don't know which one came first. I don't know about which came first. I think solstice festivals in a general sense are pretty common across cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a you know a, a winter solstice festival, I think, is not a not a new idea under any circumstances. It's just how you celebrated it. And then I think with uh, the birth of Jesus or you know, the Christmas as we know it, it was the appropriation comes more in the form of traditions. It's not like Jesus hadn't been born until somebody discovered, uh, you know, solstice festivals. It right. was the, the appropriation is more about the cultural side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jesus had been born right. either way. Well, it's the same thing with uh, with writing the, the Bible. You know, they didn't have one complete put together, and finally they, they got together and said, hey, we have to do this. And it's the same thing with trying to find Jesus' birth. Uh, every country that I search, well, most of the countries that I searched that had some type of festival like this, whether it was uh, Christmas or things that turned into Christmas, it, in most of the countries, it started off uh, with uh, the farmer's end of autumn uh, planting and uh, the, 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 the upcoming winter solstice. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, there's, as far as culture, ancient culture, you know, there there have been many stories told about the sun god. And Jesus' story arc is very similar uh, to the older uh, stories like uh, Isis and Osiris, where basically it's it's all about the sun. You know, if you think about it, it's the most important star to us. We need it. You know, yeah, it would be a bummer if we didn't have it. <laughs> exactly. So everything sort of revolves around the sun, you know, and that's that's kind of the idea. And all of these stories, like the Christmas story or the birth of Christ, all that, it's amazing to see how it all fits in the stars with the sun. And uh, by the time you get to December twenty second, which is the winter solstice, the sun is at its lowest degree on the earth. That's why we have it's mostly dark. All at that point, it's the darkest that it's going to be. And then the sun sort of hangs out for like three days in the same location. And then after that third day, on the 25th, it rises one degree. And then the days start getting longer again. And so it sort of mimics the story of Christ. And what's really funny is that where the sun is in the sky with the stars, it's over what's called the crux or the Southern Cross. Have you ever heard this? So the sun goes to the cross, and then it is seated for three days, and then it rises on the third day. So these are these are things that we know that old ancient civilizations used to use and created their religions from it. So it just so happens that Christ follows the same pattern. And so the question was, hmm, you know, was all of this put into, into place because of Christ, or was the Jewish people using it and creating their own religion off of past religions and stealing. There's a lot of that, you know, that goes on to talk. It really depends on a person's individual faith. In my opinion, 
I see it in the stars and all the stuff that I've studied in the scriptures. It's fantastic. I love it. It's so cool when it talks about Pleiades and Orion. You know, it, it's it's really cool. And I'll get into that later. But I thought what we would do was ask Cherry to read the actual biblical account out of the book of Luke, which talks about the shepherds and the angels and and all of that, which is the story that I think most Christians know. And if you uh, already know the story, sit back and just enjoy it. It's one of the most momentous occasions on earth. Whether you believe it or not, Christ affected this planet, and this is about the day that he was born. So wait, before you get started, so in all of your grand knowledge, what day was Jesus? <laughs> That's a terrible way to say it. <laughs> what, what day do you... Thing. Did Andy tell you to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I've been priming Billy. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what day do you think, or you believe, or what you have have discovered was actually the day Jesus was born? Between six oh eight and seven eighteen p.m. September eleventh. Oh, wow. The first day of Tishri. So right really? down to the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that because, because of the star position? It is because okay. of and and I'll get into that later on in the episode. But it's in Revelations chapter twelve verses 1 through 5, and uh, John, who wrote the book of Revelation, tells you where the sun is, where the moon is, where the stars are, where the 12 stars of Virgo are, and then how where the sun sits at a specific time, and then the Messiah is born, and then he's here for a period of time, and then he goes up and sits at the throne of God. So they know it's the Messiah, and because of that, <clears throat> astronomers have been able to go back and use the stars from the the position of Jerusalem, and find out that in 4 BC that the sun was over the abdomen or where the pregnancy of the virgin would be, and the moon would be at its feet, and the 12 stars were at the top of the head, the crown of Virgo. And then uh, that happened in 4 BC, but like I said, between 6.08 and 7.18 p.m., September 11th, and they call it the first day of Tishri. It's pretty cool. It's also the Feast of Trumpets. It's the first day of the Feast of Trumpets. So it's like the sounding of the coming Messiah. It's pretty cool. cool. I'll get into that a little bit later. Very cool. Okay. Are you ready, Cherry? The whole chapter? <laughs> yes. Do you do you not want to read it? <laughs> the whole chapter? The we whole need, thing. We need a fire. Just get it all the way up to the point right. where she's moaning and, do, and then it doesn't Where's have the, the baby? Okay. Where's the hot chocolate at with the marshmallows? We should have brought that baby. Should have. Yeah, instead of I inoculated empty, myself against reading aloud, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> instead of an empty coffee cup, could have had some hot chocolate in it. Fight. Just kidding. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one in his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is... Born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find 
the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass that the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. Thank you. Thank you very much. We don't need to get into the circumcision. Thanks. That's eight days later. <laughs> Thanks, she says. And when eight days were accomplished, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, so basically, I, put yourselves in the place of a shepherd. Think about that for a minute. So they've got their, they're out with the flocks at night. It's cold. And suddenly this angelic being just boop, <laughs> comes out. You've never seen one before. Bop. Guess what? The angels are coming. I mean, the Messiah is, obviously the angels are here. The Messiah is coming. I mean, what do you think about that, Ralph? So for me, there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of different dates and a lot of different things. So I just kind of, I, I don't concentrate on when the day really was, what the year really was that Jesus was born. I try to concentrate on what Christmas is uh, and try to separate the Saturnalia and the Santa Clauses and all the goodwill and everything and just try to remember that this year, for me, I mean, you know, everybody loves Easter because Jesus rises from the dead. This is a, this is a, a, this is the beginning. This is a solemn occasion where Jesus was born, and the, and and all of this began. So for me, I try to just remember what it's about. And and you know, people say, well, it's a season of giving, and it's this and it's that. Well, you know, I I don't know that that that's necessarily true because it's the birth of Jesus. Um, you know, there were gifts. Uh, from the Magi, and, uh, uh, and and I'm sure several people that they didn't know who found out what happened. Uh, but I don't call, think it's a gift giving. I think this is the beginning of of the faith that I have in in Jesus, the Lord, and and uh, you know what I believe in. So I try to just keep that in in mind when I'm you know going through all the hectic thing of making my Christmas lists and uh, drinking the hot cocoa and, and all those different things. But a good thing about that is it brings everyone together for you know brings the family together, uh, and, uh, and and I like that in our extended families. Sure. What about you, Holly? I would say to put myself in their shoes, I would probably be a little scared. I mean, to have had this angel that you've, you know, never seen one before come to you and speak to you. Did it say fear not in that line? That's something um, I always notice about it whenever. Yes. They, I think it is. Where yeah. does it say yeah. it? Um, in uh, 10, verse, verse 10. 10. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold... I've noticed one thing, though. It seems uh, routinely when angels appear to the people in the Bible, all of them are so afraid. Yeah. 
trembling. Yeah. But uh, was it Daniel whose face was on the ground? Mm-hmm. You know, so that to me is frightening. Not necessarily, I guess, what they might have looked like or whatever, but obviously you know that it's not normal, natural, every day for an angel to speak to you. Yeah, I mean, they always say that, fear not. Don't be afraid. It's like, uh, evidently, it's some otherworldly thing that's happening and your brain's melting. Yeah, it's Because they always want to worship it. You know, they're just like, oh, like suddenly... They want to worship, and they'll tell them, you know, the angel will be like, don't don't worship, worship me. me. Yeah. yeah, You know, I'm not the one to be worshipped. You, you would think there's basically no other human response than uh, some sort of astonishment mixed with fear and confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how else, if if some, I don't know, I'm going to say glowing thing floated down from the heavens, uh, not that anything glowed or whatever. But yeah, it sounds like uh, it would probably be sort of scary even. Mm-hmm. I used to read when I I used to look at this like a science fiction. I, I tried to imagine it as like a science fiction narrative. So imagine these lowly shepherds out in the field, you know, working with their sheep, just keeping an eye on and making sure they're not being attacked, that they're running off. And then suddenly this alien just like appears, whoop, you know, like predator. You know, <laughs> and looking at them and like, don't be afraid, you know. <laughs> and you don't know what their voices sounded like. You know what? What it could be like super high pitched, or it could be who knows. You know. Well, well now that's how I imagine it: super high pitched. Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, Arnold. You know, I'll be by. You know, like just <laughs> don't be afraid. <laughs> or Batman. I like Batman's yeah. voice. Don't be afraid. Yeah. What do you think, Billy? I'd about- be freaking out. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're you're out there in the dark, and like you said, you're you're just kind of like hanging out with your sheep, and, you know. And then all of a sudden, here comes an angel and saying, "Don't be afraid." Of course, I'm gonna freak out. And uh, yeah, that 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 would be weird. And then you, well, if you're a good shepherd, you'd be like gathering up your sheep, you know, because you're afraid something's going to happen to your sheep. But yeah, uh, but I don't know. That w- that would be scary. I was thinking about too. Like this is the first time. It's like n- multiple angels. It's not just like one. Like Gabriel showing up and talking mm-hmm. to Joseph or Mary or Michael, you know, coming and. This is a this is a multitude of them. They're seeing the heavenly host. This is this is a first, really. Prophets have seen the divine council or that you know, heavenly host, but this was a bunch of regular what? people that were non-religious that that weren't part of the religious, you know, elite. These were just lowly shepherds in a field that were seeing this amazing thing. What were you going to say? Well, I was just thinking he didn't identify who he was. No. Was just automatically already just known, I guess. As far as Gabriel? No, it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. So there are these shepherds in the middle of a field, not necessarily, you know, maybe as as much knowledge as the others would have been in the religious crowds, but yet immediately they recognized and were sore afraid. Mm Mm-hmm. And what would it be like to be in the glory of the Lord? Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, like you know, when someone like? of, of a really importance or certain people walk into a room and you can, they're there, but you can like feel their presence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, Tony they, Robbins. Like somebody of significance multiplied by like right. hundreds, Eternal. thousands. Yeah. Like, wow. So yeah. like two Tony Robbins. Exactly. <laughs> or three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I would be... 
I've told you my story, you know, and I saw a person that was, it was a man that just suddenly disappeared and, you know, freaked me out. To this day, there's there's no way I can calculate it. The story doesn't change. The timing doesn't change. I don't embellish. I tell the story exactly the same. I'll never forget it, you know, and it was, but I had that intense feeling that I had been visited for a reason and that I had that it was like a test. It was an angel unaware, but it wasn't like this, like what we're talking about. This was something that was a sudden occurrence in our world where heaven came to earth to announce the birth of a man who's going to die, which is what it's really all about. If you think about it, you know, we, we, we get into the Christmas narrative and it's very sweet. It's just like Will Ferrell says in Talladega Nights, I like my baby Jesus. Dear eight pound sweet baby, or six pound, eight yeah, ounce yeah, baby Jesus. Yeah. You know, we always think about baby Jesus, but he grew up and he was crucified. You know, it's hard to think about Christmas and a cross. It's difficult because we, we sort of separate it and we want to have the, the joy and the happiness. And he was the man of sorrows. This was the day when the man of sorrows was born. I would say of all of them, though, I mean, the shepherd, like, you can imagine that something like that could happen. But I would say of all of them, I bet Mary was probably the most weirded out because, you know, the angel told her that she's going to have this baby and she's not known a man. Right. So what what seems super impossible was possible. Mm -hmm. And if I'm right, I think she was between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. At this time. Wow, really? Yeah. So she was very young. And so, yeah, I can only imagine. It was a different time, as they say. Yeah. And then, so here's another thing. The inn. We're not talking about a holiday inn, okay? If you actually study the word, it's actually a room. It's a guest room inside a person's home. And they said that there was no room inside. There was no room for for the family to come into the actual inner sanctum of the house where you could go in and be with the family. It wasn't like, it was like horse stalls, you know, and like this manger and, and, and all the straw though. It wasn't like we see it in the nativity scenes. This was like a little, this was like carved out of a rock. It's a cave. It's a cave. Yeah. Inside a home. And yes, there were animals, but animals were brought in to the inner court. That's, you know, it's that time of year where you're bringing them in. And so it wasn't like they were all surrounded and like she was wiping them with donkey poop and stuff like, you know, they were, there were animals there, but it's not like it, they were in a home, you know, there just wasn't room on the inside where the guest room was, but they were still inside. So it wasn't like they were just cast out like, oh man, there wasn't room in the inn, you know, and they make you feel sorry. It's not that. There just wasn't room inside uh, the inner part of the house. So it occurs to me that this is kind of the beginning of the the narrative of Jesus as being of and uh, and really talking to like the average person. Like it is like an auspicious sort of birth. You know, it's it is the yeah. It's like the exact beginning of the man who would work with the 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 sick and the people that sinned and all this stuff like that. It seems. I mean, it's like. A, perfect beginning. He yeah, wasn't I mean, born. He wasn't even born in a house. Yeah. Think about um what's the name of William and Kate's first son? Think about what a big deal it was when that baby was born in England. I mean, and all over the world, really everybody was just watching that kid, 
you know, and that was the birth of an earthly king. And Christ was the king of kings, of all kings, and he was born in a very humble way, very lowly, humble way. It's pretty interesting, actually. Um, Ralph. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get into the history a little bit. Um, did you have any more that you wanted to add? About Saturnalia, about Christmas, or about Santa? Uh, let's go with Santa. That sounds good. It's so okay. close to Satan. Yeah, let me start off with two things real quick. One of them is I'm I'm surprised as much as you give me a hard time about uh, when I say that uh, birth is a miracle, that when I did not purposely say anything about the miraculous birth of Jesus, that nobody caught that. The other thing is... Uh, well, you brought so it up now. To, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> one of the things is, and I want to, this is, this is for all of our listeners and everybody here in the cast. I try to be a certain person, a certain man, uh, both for myself and for my family and for my friends and everyone around me. And, uh, you know, we cut up a lot here and we have a good time and that's all, that's all good and fine. But I've, I've caught myself a couple of times listening to the podcast, hearing me say things that I wouldn't want my grandmother or my daughters to hear. And not that it's terrible, but just little off color stuff that I, uh, that, that, uh, I want to say to everyone, I, that's not me. That's not who I want to be. Uh, and that doesn't mean that I don't want to cut up and have a good time with anybody, or I think that anybody else is doing anything wrong. That's just, that's just me. So I just wanted to put that out there and say, I, I recognize that in myself. And that's something that I'm going to work on. And I'm actually very glad to be a part of this group because it's allowed me to, uh, to see that and to examine my life as I go through this and study, examine who I am and where I am at this moment in time, where I've come from and, uh, and where I need to go. So, uh, Santa Claus, uh, you know, Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, it, it, there's a lot of different things that I would say that most of the stories that people tell and are and if go down, have come down through history, start with St. Nicholas in the fourth century. Uh, he was a Christian bishop and he used to, you know, give gifts to the poor. And uh, that's how, that's how that started off. You can go to uh, Greek and some things started in, you know, 1087 in Greek and different churches everywhere else. But uh, as I read through Catholicism, Lutheran, uh, you know, things that happened during the Reformation, you know, talking about Father Christmas and uh, uh, the Santa Claus or the Saint, the, the Saint Nicholas. So the Santa Claus is a, was a Dutch uh, way of, of saying it. And so that's how we got Santa Claus was from Santa Claus from uh, in the Netherlands and Belgium, that the character of Santa Claus uh, was competing with that of Santa Claus because of the, you know, the way different people speak the language. Uh, but like I said, most of it comes from, you know, a, a guy that, that, uh, that took care of the poor, which is something that we should always, uh, think of and do, especially this time of year, because it's very, very cold in many parts of the country and the world. That's a, just a, like a kind of a Christly connection, a Christ-like, uh, connection to Santa Claus that I didn't really, I knew, uh, vaguely of, uh, the origin of, uh, Santa Claus. Uh, but that's, yeah, that kind of illustrates a Christ-like behavior. That's kind of an interesting parallel. So, Yeah. When did the elves come in? The reindeer. Yeah, and the reindeer and all that stuff. Do you know any about that? 
I I don't. I, I'm sure it's some, you know, I blame. It's got to be like Northern, Russian and, and yeah, because the reindeer. That's going to be more towards the Russian area, right? Yeah, in Russia. You, somewhere between Iceland and Soviet Northern Union. Russia. It's like that. Got to be that band, right? Uh, for all those sort of traditions. I'm not sure where elves kind of started. Uh, yeah, I don't know. With a lot of fairies and. Uh, Scotland and stuff like that, but I'm not sure about elves. It's sort of an amalgam of all kinds of different cultures, sort of brought into one. And I, would you say that America is the one that really pushed Christmas the most around the world, or do you think that it was elsewhere? And then we just we turn everything into a commercial thing here. Let's just be real. Oh yeah, like, it's all about money. It's always yeah, about it's this just, commercial yeah. thing. They call it Black Friday because every company and you know every retailer is, has an opportunity to actually go in the black at the end of the year meaning that they're in the red most of the year so they push this one pretty hard you know but well you, speaking of i i think you guys are all very close i think what i remember reading was that it was a from norway uh, a, a norse um uh um story the origin of the elves are said to have been derived from norse mythology which refers to the alfar also known as huldefolk or hidden folk the elf character is most likely to have combined his this norse legend with other scandinavian and celtic cultures and myths regarding elves fairies and nature spirits so interesting that you said fairies early because this these all seem to be uh, in the same place uh, there in that area. What in the Hilda folk are you talking about, Ralph? <laughs> that's that's interesting. That's hidden that's folk. A huh. good piece of like information that was about missing elves. for me. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just I was just playing. What <laughs> you talking about, Willis? What yeah. Hey, I've been watching that show. I'm here with my brother and his kids. They watch that show. So. Different strokes? Um, yeah? Really? Yeah, yeah. They're back before Dana Plato was in Playboy. Todd Bridges I was didn't a know that she was. I just know that she overdosed. Yep. And there's only, and I think the only one li- that's still living is uh, is Willis. Uh, that's right. Yeah, Todd Bridges, because uh, Mr. Drummond passed away, and yep, it's, um, Gary Coleman did. He fell down the stairs. He did. <gasps> yeah. No. That's how he died. So what it said said he that there was a question of whether his ex-wife pushed him down the stairs or if he truly fell down the stairs. But either way, he. Was at the bottom of the stairs and what he passed away. What you talking about, Willis? I'm serious. Look it up. Wow, really? I didn't know yes. That. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that Dana Plato. She ended up. She became a heroin addict. She took. She overdosed on painkillers. Yeah, in, something in, in a camper. Yeah, she was living in a camper. Yeah, they went to visit her fiance's parents or something, and she went in there and took too many pills. The spirit of Christmas. I don't know how we got on that part. <laughs> in Different the <laughs> well, One of the, the things I want to throw in there while we're talking about Santa Claus and elves and everything. Is um, Rudolph. These things came came about, you know, years and years and years ago. And they most of these things, uh, elves and... Uh, uh, different things became famous based on books and stories and poems and plays, uh, and those were told uh, or you know watched plays that uh, somebody had put that in, and a lot of the uh, the notoriety and the the you know the at a certain point the growth took off was uh, generally because it was in some sort of a story or play uh, that someone put together and it became famous. That's an interesting bridge to Dickens. 
Yeah, Charles Dickens' Christmas uh, at the time of his writing of the Christmas story had kind of fallen out of fashion as a uh, holiday to celebrate. And it he I think he even wrote a Christmas story with the purpose of reinvigorating the holiday celebration of of Christmas, but he absolutely did. Like it was a it was not widely celebrated to my knowledge, which could be incorrect. Hopefully it's not. Uh, it was not widely celebrated at the time that he published that book. And it is v- very important in reinvigorating the celebration of the holiday. Yeah, really? Yeah. Christmas like Carol. Well, you're right because uh, there were there were a lot of bad stories that had happened at Christmas and, and bad things that were happening to children. And a lot of people stopped doing that, uh, especially in Europe. Uh, and this story helped bring a, a new light to the meaning of Christmas uh, and uh, uh, something more about love than the, the, you know, than the kids that were uh, being abused. Do you have any Darl's chickens? No, Monty Python? No. Nobody? No. Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of Black Peter? I've heard of him. Yeah. I've heard of it. I just never, never looked it up. I'm trying to find... It's uh, the fight over Black Pete brings a reckoning on racial equality in Netherlands. I don't think that's the same thing. Black Peter was supposed. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Okay, yeah. it says uh, Schwarze Peter. Yeah, Schwarze Peter. So uh, it says when it comes to places in the world to raise happy and fulfilled children, one country constantly tops the rankings. Almost every year, a new book, article, or report touts the Netherlands as a child-rearing utopia, with the UN in September rating the country the best in the industrialized world for kids' well-being. But it is also a place where one of the pure joys of childhood, Christmas, is tainted for many kids across the country. As the nights draw in, the Netherlands prepares for the arrival of Santa Claus, a Dutch amalgamation of St. Nicholas and Santa. Accompanying him are his helpers, the Zwart Pieten, or Black Pietes. Traditionally portrayed by white people as buffoons in full blackface, complete with oversized lips and Afro wigs. Collecting candy from the Black Peets is a rite of Dutch childhood, but one from which many black children feel excluded. Yeah. 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 You ever heard of that? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah, never it's like heard a, of it. It's a whole other thing. I'll have to talk to AJ about that. I don't think he's ever heard of it. Of course, you always know, what does a bad kid get in his stocking? Coal. Black Pete brings the coal. Anyway, well, that's enough of the fairy tale. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the uh, the Zodiac part. And then I want to talk about our sort of our favorite things about Christmas and wrap it up. How's that sound? And then we're going to be awesome taking a break for the Christmas season. All right. So when you think of Christmas, typically you don't go to the book of Revelation. It's, it's, not, <laughs> no. it's not the Christmas <laughs> book, right? But surprisingly, that's where we learn about Jesus' birth. So Revelation chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, I'm reading out of the King James Version today. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great dragon, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be... Delivered, sorry, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up into God 
and to his throne. So we know that that's talking about the Messiah. As Christians, we understand that he's he's telling us a significant point in time. So the Greek word for wonder in verse 1 means sign. And God's word declares that there will be a sign in the heavens when Mary went into labor and gave birth to Jesus Christ. And the word of God is written across the heavens and in the stars. We know that. It talks about it from Genesis chapter 1 all the way throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. The stars were given as signs. The heavens uh, were for us to be able to read and to know. So, The signs of the zodiac were originally not used in astrology, but each one signified a characteristic of the life and ministry and kingship of Jesus Christ, the promised Savior and Son of God. The sign of the woman that the Bible is referring to here is actually the constellation Virgo. Revelation 12 further states that this woman was clothed with the sun, another celestial body. The sun, as it appears to travel through the ecliptic each year, enters into the mid-body between the neck and the knees of the constellation Virgo, clothing her with the sun for approximately a 21-day period during any given year. In the year 3 BC, which we later show by other celestial events in the heavens to be the year of the birth of Jesus Christ, the sun was in this position from August 27th through September 15th. I think I'd said 4 BC earlier. I'm sorry, 3 BC. Revelation also declares that the moon was under her feet. With these two specific details, we can pinpoint the birth of Christ very uh, very precisely. In 3 BC, the sun and the moon in Virgo occurred on only one day, and that was September 11th. The configuration of the sun and the moon was visible in Palestine between sunset and moonset. This twilight period being called night in the Bible, on September 11th, 3 BC, sunset was at 6.18 p.m., and moonset at 7.39 p.m. Jesus Christ was born on September 11th, 3 BC, sometime in that 81-minute span of time between 6.18 p.m. and 7.39 p.m. Amazingly, this corresponds to Tishri 1 on the Jewish calendar, which is the first day of the festival of the Feast of Trumpets. Isn't that cool? That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, from sunset of September 11th, 3 BC, Jupiter and Regulus, the planets and stars, could be seen approaching conjunction before dawn. Although the precise astronomical conjunction occurred on September 14th, the angle of observation and Jupiter's slow apparent motion would have made their close rendezvous obvious as early as the pre-dawn hours of Thursday, September 12th, within hours of the Messiah's birth. At that time, the king planet, Jupiter, could be seen approaching Regulus in the constellation of Leo, the sign of Judah, the lion of the tribe of Judah, from whose seed the Messiah or the promised seed would come. Exactly one month before, on August 12th, the world would have witnessed the close conjunction of Jupiter uh, and Venus when they were only 0.07 degrees from one another when they appeared as morning stars on the eastern horizon. This was a very close union, but then, 19 days later, Venus came to within 0.36 degrees of Mercury in a very similar astronomical display. Then, on September 11th, the new moon occurred, which represented the Jewish New Year. This happened when Jupiter was then approaching Regulus, and on September 14th, Jupiter and Regulus came to their first of three conjunctions in this extraordinary year. So the biblical account, the way that John is describing this this special account, was something that the Jews would understand because they read the stars, they understood what was going on, and they looked for it. They were taught it, and also we know that Daniel was in Babylon, 
And Daniel was over the astronomers. He was over all of those people. And so they would have learned. And so these magi that come from the East, they're coming from Babylon. They know the story. And this is, what, 490 years later? But they knew to look for these things. And when they see it, they're going to know. It's in the, the constellation, did he say Leo? Yeah, Leo, the, which was the lion of the tribe of Judah, the lion. So over an eighth-month period, Jupiter made its crowning effect over Regulus. There could hardly have been a better astronomical testimony to the birth of the new messianic king from the Jewish point of view. Why? Because every one of these celestial occurrences I have mentioned happened with the sun or planets being positioned within the constellation of Leo, from whence the Messiah was destined to emerge. The Apostle John may have seen importance in these extraordinary occurrences when he symbolically showed that Jesus was born at the new moon of Tishri, the day of trumpets. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it is. You know, in the, uh, the, the, a lot of things happen in the third and fourth century uh, that the, the church kind of blew up, you know. Uh, and one of them was the story of, uh, of Christmas. Um, they took the, the Christmas from the Annunciation— and they added nine months, which is how they came up with December 25th. So in the beginning, because they didn't, you know, there probably weren't as many people that were into astrology, especially in the church. In the beginning, that's what they came with it. And a lot of things like that, you know, coming up with the day, uh, December 25th, uh, coming up with the Bible, doing this, doing that, and a lot of things that happened. Uh, a lot of that happened in the third and fourth century. The first and second century was the Christianity was very, very small. Yeah, it was a hot topic at that time, right? It was the big oh, thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, looking the at new kids on the block, the dot com bubble, you know, like or some something that we would remember that that actually happened for them. It was probably a good fifty to a hundred years where the church was really, really hmm. rocking and rolling. You know? So here's a weird question. Okay, you may think it's dumb, stupid, whatever. But um, do you? Do you think like <laughs> no stupid questions? Only stupid, only stupid people asking <laughs> oh, me questions. I was going to say stupid answers. <laughs> <laughs> stupid answers. To say. Right. Um, do you think like? Of course, I know when you say nine eleven, you automatically think of the terrorist attacks. Yes. And nine one one. I they get knew. it. I yes. get it. I get it. I get it. But do you think they? I mean, I know it's it's because of nine one one. But do you think they kind of like also that crossed their mind to? 100%. Take away from Jesus as a person. Oh, you really absolutely. think so? Okay. So, of course me, I do. I'm just like, there's 365 days in a year. That's No. If, if you gave me those odds on a lottery, I'd play it all the time. No, because Osama bin Laden and his radical faction, which, let me be honest here, they had a lot of reasons for doing what they did. Doesn't make it right, but sure. they had their reasons. And because America is known as that Christian nation to those other worlds, and we have invaded and bombed their land over and over and over, they made a statement, one of which we didn't even know. We didn't even know it. Like, most people didn't know that Jesus was born on September this 11th. news to but me But they today. did, and they know more about the Christian religion than most oh, yeah. Christians yeah. do. Yeah, I, I would totally They're agree with that. They're very educated. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they everything has a else, meaning. Born and raised in that area where yeah. Jesus came from. And, exactly. and Osama came from a well-off family, and he was very well-educated. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And was trained by the Americans, actually. Oh, yes. for Reagan. The, for the war. That's right. Yeah. And, the, and I think Bush was over the CIA at the time. Right. Yep. Bush Sr. Yep. But, yes, they absolutely knew. Okay. And so. here's, a, here's a good way to look at it. Islam. They have, where's the, the dome, the golden dome? Where's it at? 
Uh, oh, Lord, you're... Oh, thank you. Mecca. No? Nope. It's not in Mecca. It's built right on the spot of the temple in what Jerusalem. That's where the Golden Dome is. They built it where God's temple was so that they mm. couldn't do it. How about the wall? You remember what they did to the Eastern Wall? They put a cemetery in front of it. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Because so the Messiah can can't cross holy ground. He can't go across the cemetery and go through the wall. So that they're trying to prevent the return of the Messiah. Hmm. They have, on purpose, they understand all of the Christian doctrine, all of the Judeo-Christian ethic, honestly, better than we do. And you can just do some research. But you know what? Apparently, they, don't, they obviously don't understand it too well. No. No, because you can't stop the return of Christ. No. <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm angry. I'm actually not angry with them either. I'm just saying they are very educated. They know what's going on. They have their religion and they have the reasons why they do what they do. And 9/11 was not I mean, it's 911 emergency, yeah. man. It's a, yeah. it was honestly it's that was the day. The the the, the birth <laughs> of Jesus. Yes. The actual birth. To say we are attacking the three main points of your Christian nation, right? Your military, which is the Pentagon, your financial sector, and then they were going after the leadership of the executive branch. They were going to the White House, but they never made it. But, but that also was the point. The, like a statement about the basis of the belief system. Yeah, that's right. That's really if you're interesting. A true Christian and know your Messiah was born. We're gonna we're gonna take huh. that day too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Take your religion. Okay. Cool. I, yeah. That's no, yeah, interesting. That's so now that we've got into that depressing state, let's talk about, <laughs> no. Let's talk about <laughs> something <laughs> fun. <laughs> Do you guys? Uh, all right. Off the top of your head. I want to know each one of your favorite Christmas movies, Billy. Home Alone. All right, Cherry. A Christmas Story. Okay. I mean, it's hard Andy. to not say Home Alone, but I might go with uh, The Ref just for a goof. It's a good run. The Ref? Yeah, Dennis Leary. The what? I've it's heard a, of it. I didn't know that was a Christmas well, movie. Yes, it definitely it is. Oh, no, I it want to redo. Around, Sorry. Go ahead. It happens during <laughs> Christmas. No, you can't take yeah. mine. It happens during Christmas. Yeah, Holly. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Ralph? It's a Wonderful Life. Classic pick. Oh, yeah, that's oh, yes, a great one. Yes, yes. Mine is The Family You got to remember, Man. I'm the old guy here. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time you look in the mirror. <laughs> no, mine's The Family Man, which is kind of like a play on It's a Wonderful Life. Have you ever seen that one, Ralph? The which, What is it? The Family Man. It's, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good uh, movie. Tia Leone and uh, Nicolas Cage. It's pretty odd. Like, it, it's a lot like It's a Wonderful Life. You know, what would life be like if, you know? And also, my close second is Die Hard. <laughs> that's a good uh, that, one. That was my redo. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my redo, yeah. Or both of them. Or Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I like I like Die Hard, Die Hard 2, actually. Better What's than the, the one with the kid and the Red Rider BB gun? I'm blanking. The, the Christmas, Christmas story. story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you know where that came from? Ralphie. Ralphie, yeah. that's right. <laughs> Ralphie, Ralphie. Is that you, Ralph? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Shoot your eye out. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, do you guys know where that came from? That story. It was written by Gene Shepard, and it was released in Playboy. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Lord. No, oh, I had to lay yeah, in we there. talked about this once before. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, one, of the, it was that, one, yeah. one of those articles that all those guys bought the magazine <laughs> yeah. for. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, do any of you guys have like a favorite Christmas memory? Mm. How about you, Ralph? You got a favorite Christmas memory? I don't know if I have a favorite Christmas memory because I have a lot because we had a, a great time. I do remember one in particular. There was I wanted this uh, this thing. It was called a Fat Track Super Control Center. It was uh, Hot Wheels cars, but they were motorized. 
That was awesome. And I also got one of those ventriloquist dummies and Charlie McCarthy. So that was a that was a good one for me. And I was a ventriloquist dummy. Well, I was the dummy, but I did that as a kid too. Yeah. Did you ever get good at that? I actually, I I did. I can I can talk. I can do a lot of talking without you know, seeing. I, I have uh, out of practice. Um, <laughs> just, just for yeah. all the people listening, Ralph's, Ralph's mouth just started moving more than usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't moving a whole lot. It's hard to do some, some letters, but most of the time you can do it without opening your mouth too much. But B's are hard, S's are hard, P's are hard, yeah. but, you know. Those B's yeah. are hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of B's in that. Yeah. How about you, Holly? Do you have a favorite Christmas memory? Um, when I was little growing up, I was learning how to play the piano. And I know mom always made me attempt to play Happy Birthday before we opened our presents. Oh, for Jesus. Yes. Yeah. We, and we had to all, as a family, I botched Happy Birthday many years and nice. sing Happy Birthday to Jesus nice. before we That's opened our funny. Very presents. cute, but hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Andy, can you play Happy Birthday Jesus on your bass? Uh, give me a few minutes. <laughs> How about you? Happy birthday, but I'd have to work it out. Yeah. Do you ha- do you have a good uh, like a favorite Christmas memory? Uh, no. I mean, a lot of Christmases were fun. I you know I hate to say it because it's so whatever, but it's like the time I got a Nintendo for Christmas was uh, elated. So yeah. That oh was yeah. Very Super Mario. Oh, that would have been yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good Christmas. Big deal. Though. How about you, Cherry? I think the first real Christmas I remember. Um, was um, I got a Cabbage Patch doll. Yeah. I think I was in the second grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The That's time good. I got all those Garbage Pail Kids. No. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Just, I always make that. So <laughs> How about you, Billy? Um, I think all my Christmases were good. I think I, were, I was probably spoiled, uh, you know, because we would go to my uh, mom's uh, parents on Christmas Eve and eat and, like, get all kinds of presents for Christmas Eve. And I remember my, my grandmother used to work at Magnavox. So, you know, like when we actually made TVs in the United States. So she yeah. she got this this game board for us and it was it was the size of a small suitcase. It was so big. And uh it had a keyboard on it and the graphics of course were awesome then, but you know, sucked because all the you know, the little cowboy shooter up game, they all look like Woody from the Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it, it had the controllers with just a joystick and a huge red button on it. And, you know, she probably had to work like yeah, all, all year, you know, to pay for this thing. But um and then we would we would go home and sleep a few hours and get up at like four o'clock and Santa had came and um, then we'd play with our toys and then we'd go to my dad's parents and, and open up more presents and then we'd go back and eat at their house at 12 and then for, for dinner. And so I, all my Christmas were awesome. Yeah. Know? I mean, it was, you know, from, from way back till, you know, even last year was, was awesome. So, but anyway, I, you know. Yeah. And you guys have ever experienced like, Whenever Christmas Day happens, it doesn't feel like any other day. It's such a, you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like the things that you look around don't even seem normal. Everything That's seems true. different. Does that, do you guys experience that too? Are like, you high? Yeah. More Scotch card? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, even like, I don't know how to explain it. It's I like know you it goes by up, really quick though. I just know you like, you wake up and you, you don't, you don't have to go to school or you don't have to go to work and, um, 
it's all about getting together and you get to open presents and it's so much, it's just, and then you're going to go see family and everything just seems different. I remember even stopping in like a gas station because it was the only thing that was open when mm-hmm. we were kids. Like that mm-hmm. was the only thing that was open and just thinking, you know, oh man, the world just looks so different. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It just, everything was magical I, to I, me. I feel that. Yeah. Even as an adult where I've had like the occasional more tame Christmas, there's still something about it that's like a day that stands out from the entire year. Yeah. Yeah. What sure. about what about you, Rick? What's your favorite Christmas uh, my, memory my, or my favorite? I actually have two. One that was from a long time ago and one that was recent. But um when Katie was little, I think this is my daughter Kate, she was oh man, she was probably five or six. I don't know. I just remember that what we used to do is uh we'd always wait, you know, Kelly and I would wait until the kids would go to sleep. And then we would go and we would, you know, put the presents out. And uh, this one particular <laughs> one particular Christmas Eve, it was probably like midnight, you know? And so I'm out there and I'm like messing around trying to get the stuff under the tree. And I look and I feel like I see something at the end of the hallway. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so I start running in there. And I, I'm like, I, I go walking in there and I go, And as soon as I did that, Katie jumped in the bed, covered her head up. She was like, please, Santa, I'm asleep. Please leave me a present. I'm asleep. She was terrified. (laughs) I thought that was the funniest thing. Can you still hear me, Ralph? Yes. Okay, sorry. I just hit a button there. My bad. Um, And the other one was last year, while uh, Holly and I were dating, she did... The uh, 12 days of Christmas, and she would bring me, like, she'd just bring me some little gift or something. Oh, that's very you know? sweet. We okay. would meet, you know, like, we would meet, and she would bring me this gift, and it'd be, it was the coolest thing. Like, like day nine was like nine ounces of uh, moose crunch popcorn or something, you know? It was like, it was just really cool. And she just, it was, it was really special. I enjoy, and I felt like a heel because I didn't get her anything. Yeah. <laughs> four pounds of back bacon and a two in a tree. Yeah. I'll be there for bacon day. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Bob and Doug McKenzie, brother. Yeah. Well, does any... Holly, are you going to tell a joke? I can. Yeah, tell a joke. I want to hear one. Ho, ho. No, not that one. <laughs> what happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? I don't know. I don't know. What? He got 25 days. Uh, <laughs> that's good. What do you get when you combine a Christmas tree with an iPad? A pineapple. Oh. Get it. Pineapple. Oh, I was slow to get there. You got to know your trees on that one. Got any more? How did Mary and Joseph know Jesus' weight when he was born? How? They had a way in a manger. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Have you guys ever heard of Randolph, the brown-nosed no. reindeer? No. You haven't? What? I thought, it, I thought that was Rick. <laughs> no. The, oh, Rick, the brown-nosed <laughs> husband. Randolph, the brown-nosed reindeer, is the one that travels right behind Rudolph. Oh, oh man! Okay. No, it's he's just as fast as Rudolph. He just can't stop. It's quick. Oh, I knew it was going to be something gross. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know where Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came no. from? A Gene Autry song. Oh, it is from the song. That is where oh. it's from. The song. Really? He was. It was not a thing before. He sang the song, 
and it became a thing. And then, of course, Jules and Rankin, isn't that what uh, Rankin and Bass uh, did the uh, Rudolph stop mm-hmm. motions. Oh, they're you classics. Know. Oh, they're great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Still watch those today with the kids. And yes. now I have grandkids to watch them with. Random, random fun fact uh, White Christmas was written by a was written by a Jewish man. Really? Yeah, this is a job. How about this that? Is a job. Great song. It's a good job. Yeah. Irving Berlin? Hmm? Was it Irving Berlin? It? I don't know who wrote the song. I was just asking. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Good question. Oh, I got one more question. Okay. I heard that. Uh, what was your tradition? Did Santa bring all the gifts? No. No. Okay. No, so, Santa, so. Santa brought the Tinker Toys. I brought the Big Daddy gifts. Oh, okay. Because, see, Daddy okay. worked hard. Okay. Daddy well, worked four jobs I've, all I've year heard, long. I've heard of that. Santa wasn't getting my credit. Sorry, but, but sucker. See, I've heard of that, but Santa always brought my gifts. The always. good ones? Yeah. Mine too. Yeah. But That's I, because I, I your it's... family were, they They actually had, um, they loved you. <laughs> I like, was, like, I know from, from my grandparents' house that it was from them. And I, I guess it, as a kid, I never really thought about it. Like, dad and mom never got me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it was always Santa. Oh, my mom always made sure that we got something from mom and dad. But Well, yeah, but like but underwear the big or always, socks and stuff. Yeah, the yeah, big yeah. gifts always came from Santa. But I had I remember saying, you know, because I had low self-esteem. So I decided, to, you know, I was just like, nope. Yeah, I don't want my kids to, you know, I want them to know that dad and mom provided mm-hmm. this for them okay and that santa yeah santa's real but he's the one that gave you this and rudolph ate that yeah here's here's this is what the elf made yeah you. this is okay, the top this, yeah it's this made is- of wood and you can spin it <laughs> and that's a good job you know <laughs> oh and irving yes. berlin did that's write uh white christmas and he's jewish yeah, he's, uh, jewish born in russia uh moved to america considered one of the great american songwriters apparently yeah i was gonna say i've heard of irving berlin yeah I do remember one year when I was kind of on the verge of believing in Santa, don't believe in Santa, and you may need to cut this for kids don't listen to this. <laughs> for children's purposes. actually adults don't listen to this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember one year I was on the verge and um, Dad going through the living room where the Christmas tree was set up. Yeah, and. You know, saying, get out of here, get out of here. They're not in bed. They're not in bed, which they were trying to get us in bed. Okay. Okay. But it kind of made me stop and think, hmm, is, it, is this real or is it not? Mm-hmm. But then mom spilled the beans and told us that she didn't want us to believe in something for us to think that Santa was real and that, you know, come to find out that they had been lying to us. Yeah. Kind of like and when then, they told you that Jesus was real. Right. Yeah, and you can't see him, and so then all of a sudden, wait, is Jesus real? Yeah. I I used to feel that way with my kids, too. You know, like I was duping them in something. (laughs) I don't anymore. (laughs) Now I lie freely to my children. Now now when I lie to them, I have no conscience. No. But anyway, well, this has been fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, although this is out of time, you guys, the anyone who's listening, if you have listened to this podcast and you made it this far— if thank you, would, you. Oh, yes, yes please. thank you. And if, <laughs> and if you would like to receive a free Burza Berea mug, then you have to comment on our Facebook page, which we have. And just so you know, our website will be launched tomorrow. Oh, that's so the cool. The website actually goes live tomorrow. Yep. I got pictures okay. of all you guys. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, but if you uh, if you listen to this podcast and you will comment 
Whenever. A negative or positive comment? I don't really care. <laughs> Honestly, you can say you a suck. Christmas, I want my yeah, mug. A, a we, we want everyone to be <laughs> engaged. I don't care what you do. I mean, what you say, about Side of the fence. Andy's on the other side yeah. of the glass. Yeah, yeah. If you but, say we suck, we're going to break the handle off the mug. Now you must know you have to hand wash these mugs. You cannot dishwash them. I know because I've got a burr ia mug now. No problem. We don't have a dishwasher. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, anyway, well, Ralph, are you going to be back uh, in time for Thanksgiving, or are you going to have to stay out there? I'll be here till the first. Till the f- oh, okay. Happy okay. Thanksgiving, sir. So happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. You enjoy yourself out in Costa Mesa, and we, you know, our prayers go out to you and your mom and everybody in your family out there. And can't wait to Thank get you. you back here in the studio. And uh, I'll be seeing all you guys after the first of the year. We're going to take a break. Just so you know, we started on Groundhog Day. February 2nd. Okay. And so uh, season one will end in February, but we, we're, we're going to take a little six-week hiatus, I think, and uh, get rest and relax. So and you don't want to see us over the holidays? I don't want to see you at okay. all. Okay. Um, I, I not get at that. All. Yeah. So. We can tell. You don't even text us or anything. <laughs> yeah. Like You just fell off the face of the earth. I used except, to. Hi, guys. But you except guys, with the novels. But nobody texts me back. <laughs> I see? text you a GIF every time. A GIF? Yeah. yeah. We, we do usually I, respond. Okay. Just nothing. Just know we? they're being read. It's just a response doesn't always feel necessary. So you're like, okay, you absorb the text yeah. and then you just yeah. kind of move on. Yeah. It's not People are reading. Sure. Or, trust. Or maybe it's the other group message without him. Oh, oh no, that's <laughs> the one. <laughs> and if you guys, uh, uh, I, I would like for all of you guys to come to the house. I don't know if it's something that you want to do, but um, before Ralph gets back. No, I'm just kidding. After Ralph gets back, I'd like to bring, you know, sometime in December to have like a little, just a little Christmas get together at the house. Donkey party. Just a little fun, you know. Bring your wife if you'd like. And, you know, if you're ashamed of us, leave her at home or him at home. I was going to say, I can't bring my wife. Come on. We got way too many kids. Sorry. (laughs) That's right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Billy, have a happy Merry Christmas. Well, thank you. Yeah, Cherry, Andy, Holly. Ralph, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Austin. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening to the Burroughs of Bria. Bye. Juan is saying I have so many gardens. Why? So he can ho, ho, ho. (laughs) The other way. (laughs) That's right. You have to tell both those babies. All right. Uh, thank you. I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying those. You have to. No, I don't. Yes, you do. It's your what? birthday. <laughs> we're, we we are rolling. Thank everybody for your patience. I forge. I had a couple contingencies planned because I was like, this could be any sort of nightmare, and I do own a lot of adapters. So yeah, it worked out, didn't it? Yeah. You seem super stressed on the group message. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> did I? What did I say? I don't know. I just got back and there were like 17 messages. And I was like, Ooh. oh no. <laughs> I'm a chronic, like, multiple messenger. You got to oh, plan it's it. Terrible. Yeah. And you're just lucky they weren't two to three paragraphs each because I will convey a lot of message, a lot of information via text happily. Yeah. I'm terrible for it. So, all right.